Welcome to the Cathedral of Shadows, where demons gather. Yes. <laughs> I guess I really don't care if it's dangerous or not. Hello listeners and welcome to another terror sode. That's right, this is another one of our please don't listen to this your soul depends on it hell o scream monster terror sodes of fright. 3 Kilogy. Alex, it's been a long time. It's been almost an entire year since you and I have done an episode one on one. And uh, last time it was to discuss uh, Bloodborne, uh, an action game with a heavy horror focus and influence. And this time it's to discuss Dusk, another uh, action game with a heavy horror influence and spoke focus. But That's this, right. this time it's a first-person shooter. And I, man, oh man, do I got to say right off the bat, thank you so much for introducing me to this game. I knew about it. I, I knew that it was something I would probably enjoy because I, I liked the kind of throwback, uh, fast-paced shooters before. I mean, I don't know if you'd call them more arena shooters, because it's not really a... I mean, I'm, I'm not even necessarily talking about it in the multiplayer sense, but, like, um, I, I enjoy the older style of shooters as opposed to the newer style of shooters, and newer as in anything after 2001. Uh, <laughs> yeah, re- retro shooters have been having kind of a moment in absolutely. the last couple years, yes, yes. which is really fun, as more people, you know, who make games... Uh, I remember those, you know, those old Doom and Quake levels, and they're like, man, I, you know, maybe I could do something like that. Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, amazing. That's one of the wonderful things about the moment that we're currently in, uh, indie games wise, is that the tools are are more available than they've ever been. And um, thanks to stuff like uh, itch.io, uh, you can p- sort of put your stuff out there in any way, in any form, and that really makes it like. It makes it so that uh, it's not so much that anyone can make a game, but if you have an idea, it's easier to get it out there than ever before. Um, which is not, Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, not to discount the uh, work of the team uh, uh, from Dusk, like because this is like, uh, you know, this was incredible, and I know it was done. It had a very public development over a long period of time, um, and uh, they, it was available in early access for a while as well. Uh, do you want to talk about your history with this game, or do you just want me to go into the, uh, the history segment? Yeah, um, I played this um, a couple years back. I want to say 2017, perhaps. Um, and so was that before oh, no, the third this episode? Came out in, this came this came out in 2018. Yeah, so I was going to ask if you had finished um, it, if you. Um, uh, yeah, it might have been that year. I don't remember. Yeah, because 20, 2018 is when it got officially came out, but it was available in an early access stage before then. Yeah, I definitely played it when it had all three episodes. So it must have been. Um, uh, it might have been 2019. Anyway, it was, you know, it was r- kind of around when it came out. I um, really, really liked it. Uh, I'm a big shooter fan. I'm a big, like, old school shooter fan. This mm-hmm. is, like, a, this takes a lot of influence from a little bit older than my is my wheelhouse. Like, I like Doom and I like Quake, but, um, like, Half-Life and that kind of thing was much more my coming up playing shooters. And even then, that was at, uh, way after the fact because <laughs> we're young. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so like the Half Life and Halo was kind of my sphere. So I was, but like this calls up to like a very specific Blood Quake kind of uh, 
look, at least aesthetically. But then oh, it kind of it rolls in a lot of stuff from other shooters, other later games. Like, I definitely, you definitely get some Half Life vibes in here, especially with some of the lab levels and the the enemy soldiers you fight. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely feels like they have a lot of that uh, roll that influence rolled into. Um, I don't know if you got to it, but they even have that like a super hot power up. Oh yes, that I did get to that. That, fun. Was, that was an incredible, <laughs> incredible set piece. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I really came to this. I really. Uh, really fell in love with it. It's, it's probably it's one of my favorite shooters. It, you know, ask me on any given day. This is perhaps my favorite single player shooter. Um, um, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, playing through it, I can't tell you a shooter that I have enjoyed more than this one. You know? Yeah. I, I'm because I I wouldn't really consider myself a shooter guy, but at some point uh, around like 2010, 2011, 2012, or something like that, before Alex and I were like really really friends like before we started hanging out um yeah. again anyway but um i had an older laptop that was pretty bad uh because my dad got it for me with these specific instructions that i was not to play video games on it so he got one that sucked so that i wouldn't play video games <laughs> on it however what he, he did what he did not know is that he made, got a computer that couldn't play current video games, but I, I, a smart, smart uh, teenager of what eighteen or nineteen years, something like that, um, had was. Uh, I knew that I could run older games on it, so I was playing a lot of older games, and that mm -hmm. meant Doom. That meant uh, that meant the uh, the old Polygon Alien versus Predator first person shooter. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, that you know it meant stuff like that it meant eventually deus ex which later became one of my favorite games um mm. and like this was this was the kind of thing where um i when, playing on consoles i never liked first person shooters and i eventually sort of grew into it. i don't think i liked first person shooters until i played one on a pc now i can even play one on a console and i can like get it and like it but yeah. like but it wasn't until i played them on pc that i was like Oh, I understand why people would enjoy this as a genre. Yeah, I, I definitely, we've definitely been on the record talking about mm -hmm. this, especially, I, I'm sure George has weighed in on this mm -hmm. as well, but I, it's something that never super clicked for me until I like got used to playing on a mouse and keyboard mm -hmm. for stuff. Because I, I can play, like, I, you know, I've done a lot of split screen, split screen Halo, and, you know, we recently covered Left 4 Dead, uh, and those were two that were, like, couch console games for me. Right, they, they were meant for that kind of experience, especially yeah. with the explicit left four dead, four people, four controllers usually connected yeah. to one console kind of thing. But this is a different, comes from a different kind of thing where it's like you are, you are sitting at a computer and you have like, you know, you, you've got a, a Friday night to yourself or whatever. And like, it's like, all right, time to, time to shoot some demons or, or shoot some cultists or uh, shoot some Nazis or, or whatever. You know, it's like, this mm. is like, we got to have a, an infinite thing. And after uh, Doom, there were so many that were demons. And then there you got stuff like um, Hexen, which, uh, I mean, yeah. this takes a little bit from Hexen as well. I mean, Definitely. at least with the, the crossbow, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking about it. Um, yeah, and um, I know there's a lot of influence from Blood in here. I absolutely. haven't played too much of it. I just I, I just picked it up on sale, actually. So I'm, I'm looking forward to blasting through that. But that definitely has the cult angle mm -hmm. uh, and, like, creative set of weapons. That Yeah, that game's got a lot of crazy stuff. But, yeah, there's you can track all sorts of influence from this. And I, I like it as an amalgam of that. Like, 
Um, I think the Shovel Knight comparison is pretty apt. I think it's like oh, that kind well, of thing 100%. for shooters. I, and I think that that, um, that model is very uh, is is still ripe for you know use. I don't think that that yeah. kind of retro revival has worn out its welcome, especially for eras that are a little bit later. You know, and I I have a I have a joke chart that I used to bring up all the time. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, which is um, if you want to know what nostalgia is going to get tapped into for money. There's a very easy equation, which is is around it's a around twenty years, and just add, and then it's like that's when people are going to capitalize on it. So, <laughs> and, and this is down to the year too. So, like, um, this is a game that could have come out in 1998. Uh, so, when this comes out in 2018, it is, and of course, he had been working on it for three years at the time. So, yeah. uh, so, so it's not it's not an exact science, but like right now. <laughs> um, you're seeing a lot of stuff that is coming out that is nostalgia for the early 2000s right now, like in the year 2020. And it's because they're like, oh, shit, those kids are finally growing up. But it's also we live in a weird era where the 80s never ended because people who were born after the 80s never got any money. So <laughs> uh, nostalgia for the 80s is still a thing. So we just kind of live in this weird temporal wormhole. And it's you, you people like uh, me and Alex who grow up in a certain era were like, you know, there's all these fucking sprites, right? There's always sprites. And we I don't dislike sprites. I love sprites. But if I if we're talking about what aesthetic from an older generation should be made into a game, uh, I know we've talked about plenty of times, like, where the fuck are the low poly things? Well, now, yeah. the answer to that... That's definitely our, yeah. our generation mm-hmm. stees more. Because, like, right. I, I, N64 and, like, was one of the first systems that I played. And yeah. that's, like the first foray into 3d graphics and in a real way i mean there was stuff before that but yeah my um my crappy ps1 like i i uh associate so much of like falling in love with video games to that era to that early 3d era even though i did play stuff from before then and stuff and you know things like that some of some of that stuff is coming back like in i i've seen a lot of um like uh horror game collections a lot of indie horror has been doing low poly stuff in a Mm -hmm. really cool way the, f- um, the fun thing about it, right, is that, like, um, I don't want to say anyone can shit out a pixel platformer, but it's, it's very easy. Uh, it's easier to do. The resources are all there, and uh, if you know how yeah. to draw sprites, you could get it up on Newgrounds in, inside, of an, inside of a day. Um, but when it comes to low poly, the resources are not there, and there, it's more work than it would be to just take stuff from the Unity store and put it together yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like it's more work to make a game that looks like this, which means when you do it, you really have to care about it. And yeah, so when you yeah. see stuff like this and uh, Gloomwood and stuff on the and Small's Island Woes and uh, stuff on the Dread X collection that looks like this or the uh, haunted PS1 demo disc, like when they're going for this aesthetic, they mean it. And uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think with that, because we could definitely go on uh, that tangent for a while. But yeah, um, why don't you? Uh, uh, why don't you? Dusk it drops you in. And the mood is already perfect, right? Like, it drops you in. You have two sickles. That Those are your melee weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, dusk takes place in the fictional rural town of a Dusk, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a uh, some ruins are discovered underneath a section of farmland. And you, Dusk Dude, need to go, uh, <laughs> are, are look, going down there looking for treasure. Or you go there looking for treasure. You get knocked out. You get strung up. And uh, then you wake up and need to fight your way out. But it turns out out is more like in. Like the yeah. farther you go. <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of delve deeper into the uh, uh, into the conspiracy, into the um, 
the cult. Uh, and like as the episodes progress, you get into like some more industrial zones mm. and then it gets medieval for a little bit and then it gets trippy and weird. And uh, there's a lot of it. I think it's a good progression uh, mm -hmm. from the from episode one to episode three, like environmentally, because you start out uh, in the first the most of the first episode is all like farmland and uh like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style uh, culty stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, and then it kind of gets into the industrial zones in the second episode, uh, topping out at uh, one of my favorite levels uh, in first-person shooter games, the um, the Escher Labs, which is Ray kind level. of like an impossible space laboratory that like you go through the level halfway and then it kind of folds back in on itself in mm -hmm. a really creative, cool. Way. I think. Um, I think there's something that we could de definitely do as like a Minnesota or something uh, that about like our favorite levels in games. Like when they games go through the work, they don't often have discrete levels anymore. It's it's a lot more mm -hmm. um, in vogue, I guess, to just kind of have a, a continuous story or continuous environment. But like when you can yeah, point to something exactly. and go, this level is really good. I always like that. And this and mm -hmm. this level, the one that Alex just mentioned, the Escher Labs. That is where I, I stopped yesterday playing, and oh man, that is a good fucking level. It's like, yeah, because really you know, cool. Escher, it's the high point yeah. of that part of the game for sure. Escher, you expect something, right? You expect the the optical illusion stairs. You expect the um, you, you expect a a kind of like a, a a space that doesn't work internally. You know, like you expect mm -hmm. um, the the laws of of physics and and design and stuff to be broken, and it doesn't fuck around with that like it, it really <laughs> it, it really uh it really goes for it and and that's that's what i want to say about this entire game is that it really goes for it like even from the start even from the start i wasn't bored you know you could say like oh it's you know a rural environment and you're you're shooting cultists and you're shooting guys with uh guys with hoods over their head with uh trying to hit you with a chainsaw right like it could very easy be very it's easy to be dismissive about that and just say like yeah whatever who cares like that's not an interesting environment but it is made interesting by the visual design and by the great encounter design like yeah it's not i can i mean it might it's not even just that i played this over the past because i played this over the past week but it's just the, there's this game is full to the brim with memorable encounters like yeah just, one of my favorites um just to shout it out yeah, the, go ahead. the um I believe it's in the first episode, but you're um, you're going around one of the levels, um, hitting switches and such. Uh, and then there's one, I believe it's like on the door to the barn or like in a lead up to a barn oh, where you press it and then the floor breaks and you fall down into another encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great little troll bit, but uh, it was just a super, super memorable moment in that first episode. Uh, there's just a ton of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they, they pull tons of tricks that uh, people who have played those older shooters like doom and quake and um blood will be familiar with like the monster closets where it's like you walk into an area or you pick up a power up and then the walls come down and it re they reveal mm -hmm. like all the enemies there but it doesn't feel cheap you know like one of the things that i noted with this is that um they have a an invisible enemy that reminds me a lot of the uh, the specter from doom which oh, i'm sure is intentional um yeah, one of my favorite uh fps enemies that it, like when that when the wendigo is introduced it's like Mm -hmm. uh, a genuine horror moment, I think, it, because Absolutely. when you when you it's completely invisible aside from a couple tells. You can hear the breathing of the enemy and and your flashlight uh, some, will flicker if, if there's yes. one in the room. 
And then I think there's like bloody footprints and stuff like that. You can kind of see it. Oh, I um, never saw it, but I wasn't looking. I was too panicked. If you, uh, when you shoot it, it reveals itself, but makes a like horror movie scare chord mm -hmm. in a very if I can get that sound, I way. will put it right here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really great little bit of horror nestled in this very frenetic shooter game. And that's uh, why this is perfect for our October episode for our October right. terror episodes. Like this is. Uh, like Bloodborne, which we talked about last year, this is so wrapped up in horror uh, imagery, it is like inseparable from it. Like it's mm -hmm. one of those things where it is not a horror game, but it is filled with horror moments. It is filled with horror ideas. Like, and it, I mean, it's. I would be very surprised if this game never scares you. Like yeah. this, there's a, another um, another bit. Uh, or they do this a couple times in the game, mm -hmm. but. Um, there are certain points where you'll, uh, your character will take a big fall and mm -hmm. your sh your flashlight will break. Uh, in a lot of the dark segments, you're able to you know, get around pretty nicely with your flashlight. Um, and it acts like uh, any modern shooter flashlight is. You, know, you can mm -hmm. look around and it'll illuminate where you're looking. Uh, but when it breaks, you kind of have to navigate. And it's, it's never long enough to be frustrating, but it's always like a, you know, there's a small enough section where you have to either navigate using the muzzle flash from when you shoot or just wander around in the dark. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really effective and fun, uh, especially when combined with those Wendigo enemies that can mm. spook you just for, from being there. <laughs> so there's an enemy that gets introduced as a boss later on. And it gets introduced, I believe, in the Astro Labs. Uh, Mama is the first boss. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know what her enemy form is called. I think it probably mm -hmm. has a different name, but... She's got this like creaking noise when she walks because of the mechanical parts of her. Yeah, and, it's like um, a tall, a tall mechanical woman with like a wheel as a foot, kind mm -hmm. of. It's a cool design. Yeah, so you can hear the wheels squeaking, and she has like fast, incredibly strong, uh, and like multi-firing like rockets as her thing. It's like if they shrunk down the cyber demon and just made it a regular enemy, which I think they probably <laughs> did in a later later Doom, but I don't remember it. Um, I bet you one of the fucking wads does that. I bet you like Final Doom or something oh, does sure. that, and I just don't remember it. But um, it's this this enemy is not scary to look at. This enemy is not scary to hear. But it's like pained groaning and squeaky wheel. When I hear that in a level, I'm scared because I <laughs> yes. know that like yeah, if this thing sees me before I see it, I am as good as dead. Yeah, that that's one of those like varsity level enemies that you just need to deal with as soon as you see it so Absolutely. hearing that around the corner you're like oh no you know well, what i gotta make sure i have some rivets ready for this guy you know what it made me do for the first time in the game and this is like you know uh for the this is like deep into the second uh episode in the beginning of the third for the first time mm -hmm. in this game after playing for like uh five hours or whatever i'm like i gotta run away I can't yeah. stay in this combat encounter because I do not have the firepower or the, the will, I guess, to or maybe the attention span to handle it. I got to get mm -hmm. out. And I know from experience that like not not every encounter can be run away from. You know, you can muscle, you can like shoot your way through every encounter, but not all of them yeah. have rewards. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Like mm -hmm. I'm out of I'm out of health and ammo and I don't know what's next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting to note, uh, this game does actually allow you to pacifist these levels. Mm. Um, you can either skip or avoid uh, pretty much every enemy but the final boss. Really? Um, all, all of the bosses, the really discrete boss encounters, have 
like switches you have to press that uh, you could press in the heat of battle, but they kind of troll you. You have to hit them in a specific order, or you have to hit a switch that another one pops up. But After you can do it. a lot of resetting, <laughs> I was yeah. able to beat the boss the second episode that way. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they are very cool and a lot of fun, uh, and I... I did not enter the level with enough health, and I could not find enough in there. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure out the thing. And I figured it out after a lot of resets. And on my final attempt, I beat the level in under 60 seconds. So <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I got the little achievement pop, like, you beat the, uh, you made it under par time for this level. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. And there's a lot of that stuff rolled in. I mean, a lot of that goes back to Doom, you know, the, like, mm -hmm. the level completion, finding a certain amount of secrets, yeah. doing it under the par time. Oh, yeah, you all can tell this game was still... made with love. And even if you oh, couldn't yeah. tell, you could just ask the guy because he's on Twitter and he's always on the Steam forums. Uh, Dave yeah. Oshry. Uh, well, Dave Oshry yeah. is the uh, Dave Oshry's the producer, and, and uh, uh, David David Szymanski. David Szymanski yeah, is the, is the uh, developer. And um, if you have already played this game or have already played some of it, I cannot recommend enough the speed run of this game that the, that uh, David Szymanski is on the mic watching from this past year's uh, SGDQ uh, Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, where they speed run for a charity cause. But this game is insane to speed run, and that is because <laughs> the game is already very fast and allows you to do a lot of tricks with your movement. For example, the crossbow has enough kick that it puts you in the air if you shoot it down. Uh, so you same... can kind of hover if you uh -huh. shoot enough of the shots. Right. It's insane. Uh, there's power-ups where you can climb, and there's a, a slide that gives you a huge speed boost, and if you know how what you're doing, you can carry momentum into stuff. Yeah, and you can bunny hop. You just you don't need to like frame perfectly press uh, uh, jump like you would have to in like source games or anything like that. Do you need to crouch uh, jump can, or can you just regular you, jump? You can it? you can literally hold spacebar and one of the strafe keys and bunny oh, hop. Perfectly. All right, all right. <laughs> it's really it's really something, and like it once it, that kind of unlocks for you, you like you can you. I'm not gonna say you can do all the speed run tech, but you can do <laughs> a lot of cool crazy. Uh, intended but seemingly unintended stuff mm. um one of my favorite bits of like you know the de the developers you know totally designed with this kind of stuff in mind or like are completely open to it uh is that there are just a couple zones where you can get uh you know outside of the map in air quotes uh where they'll just have a little sign there or something that'll say uh you'd go back to you know please don't be here go yeah away. yeah i found um, one of those and it was a very magical moment it was uh in the I think it's it's called like the town or something like that. It's the, the oh, yeah. first one Great with like a, with like a, with like streets and like uh, um, street lights and cars and stuff like that. Uh, and I was able to get outside of the map by uh, kind of shoving myself into a corner in the right way. And uh, I found some text written in blood that says "You're not supposed to be here." That made me laugh. <laughs> and of course, they you know they have a teleporter back in balance and maybe mm -hmm. a couple of goodies. Like they want you to push at the corners in this mm -hmm. game. And uh, it's really fun to see that. I mean, even going back to, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, Deus Ex feels like it has some of these kinds of moments, even though, mm -hmm. like, they don't put treats back there. But, like, oh, you can go, if you want to go jump out and explore the airstrip, uh, sure, there's go a guy, for it. Um, Just there's a guy, pile some boxes up. There's a guy in New Vegas who's in a sniper tower in the NCR. And if you go, if you use cheats to jump up there and talk to him, uh, he has a full set of dialogue. But his first thing he says to you is, how'd you get up here, man? Like, he's curious. <laughs> like, he, he wants to know. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, all uh, that stuff is really, really good in games, mm -hmm. and this definitely pushes those buttons for me mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Just, you know, being able to have the freedom to uh, play the game in any uh, wrong or right way that you right. want is really freeing. 
Right. <laughs> um, I was tempted to try and do because I there's a there's a way to get the sword early on that I found as like a secret in the first episode, and it's mm-hmm. like oh you found a secret and I got the sword and the sword is like does a lot of melee damage. It's not like insane. It's not like the berserker power up or anything, but it's um it's very good. So I was like, oh, you know, what? it'd be fun to try and go without shooting any guns in this level. You know, it, it mm-hmm. would be fun to try and do that. And then, of course, in episode three, uh, mission one, they just they just straight up give you the sword. and They're like, no guns. You're going to do this. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to do this. And I'm like, oh, shit. They knew. <laughs> they Of course they know. Yeah. They've been making this game for three years. Of course they know about this. And uh, in I think it's just in episode three when you get the sword they add like a charge attack that right, is really fun and cool and the block uh, I don't know I mean their block was yeah. probably in there before but I didn't know about it yeah and you have to have like specifically you have to have full um, armor I believe or or health or something mm-hmm. to get like the insane one hit kill charge attacks yes uh, and that's it's like a, it reminds me of you know Zelda one when you have full health you can shoot beams from your sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very cool to have like a high damage melee like that in a game like this when you're normally shooting a bunch of dudes. Yeah, this is um uh, this game is really fucking good. Do you have a specific uh, level or any or moment or anything you want to shout out? Um, I I know that you haven't finished. There's a specific moment towards the end of the game, the um with one of the final bosses that I really no, you can, love. You can um, um you can talk I, about it. we'll put a we'll put a dusk spoilers thing here. I, I I think anybody who's played this game will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um it, it's just another way that they pay homage to this kind of era of first person shooter and the kind of the kind of movement set that you get in a game like this. Oh, you're talking about Half Life. Do I have to fight the big baby from Zen again? <laughs> the final boss is kind of it's not like because that kind of conjures up a lot of bad memories but um it it, design wise it it feels a little similar but Hmm. not uh not in the play okay but yeah that's one of my favorite moments i really like almost all of episode three is amazing um i don't know if you got to this specific level yet but there's one that really reminds me of um uh one of the zones in mario 64 that's like has the flooded town uh, there's a oh, specific oh, area yes, in this yes, game. Yes. That... I know. I just beat that level a, a little bit ago earlier today. Yeah. So um, there's, for starters, uh, something that this game does that I really respect is that they fucking hide bosses in weird places in regular levels, like at the beginning or middle or it, tucked away in a secret mm-hmm. area. It's like all of a sudden the music changes, a health bar pops up, and it's like, fight this guy. And it's like, <laughs> not at the end, but like, there's this big, oh God, it's like Chompy or something. What's the name of the big fish? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, but all the bosses are really fun. They have um, one of the bosses is named uh, Big John, I believe, and it's just oh, a, yeah. a guy doing a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger. I believe it is uh, uh, Dave uh, Dave Dave Savansky. Uh, yeah. Oh, or yeah, one I, of the Davids. I believe it is Dave Savansky doing uh, a bad Arnold impression for Big John when he shows up <laughs> out of a warehouse at the end of an already extremely long, huge gauntlet level. The you scale know. of that level was already completely boggling my mind before the boss walked out at the end. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of comes out from a you know a corner like if you you would not have expected it at all but it's like okay here's the boss. Um, I think in one, in one of the ones you have to fight um, one of the weird dog cart enemies. Oh um, yeah, that's that's a boss, and so, then they just throw another one at you. Yes. after that. <laughs> oh my god! So um, Chomper is the name of the fish boss. Uh, so when you get down, uh, you're go opening up keys. You're hopping around this insanely packed arena. Like that mm-hmm. level is really crazy. 
yeah. uh, episode three, mission three, City of Shadows. It's a crazy arena. You get a red key. You go in the place with the red key. You hit a switch, and it says well opened. And it's like, all right, the well was right at the beginning of the level. You go back there. It's not too far. You go into the well, and you go down through the well into an underground like uh, cavern filled with water. And then Chomper comes out, like this this big uh, fish enemy that shoots uh, projectiles at you. And uh, if you, you can do it while, before you fight him or while you fight him or after you fight him, but there's a switch in there that raises the water level out of the well and into the rest of the level, which mm-hmm. means that you can travel to places that were too high for you to get to previously uh, because you're raising and lowering the watering level. So that's like wet dry world in Mario 64, yeah. as Alex was saying. <laughs> Very similar. It definitely gave me those vibes. That's one of my favorite zones. Um, it's a great one. That, that level was so good. I didn't want it to end yeah. because I kept like... At the same time, I knew I couldn't stay in there forever because I didn't have the resources to stay in there forever. I didn't have the resources to kill everyone in that level, but I didn't want to stop exploring it. I'll, 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 I am definitely encountering a lot more secrets on my own in this than I am in an older game like Doom. Uh, because, yeah, they're more well hidden, yeah. I think, or and and they're telegraphed a little bit better, I mm-hmm. think. Because in Doom, you kind of just sometimes had to hump the wall and press the uh, <laughs> press the E key. I did that a couple of times in this game because I was so sure that a different texture on a wall was like, ah, this is definitely a secret. <laughs> and it only worked once, to, to their yeah. credit. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, their specific brand of hiding... Se- I, I wasn't able to find all the secrets in this game. I went ba- On replay, I went back through and I got a lot of the interesting ones, and as well as some of the hidden levels. Each, one, each episode has a hidden level. Um, but uh, they, they like to hide... Um, uh, secrets behind cracked walls, which are pretty, you know, it's a pretty obvious, it's like oh, yeah. a Zelda thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but a lot of, but a lot of the times you don't have a, a an explosive gun at that point, especially in the early zones. Uh, so you have to like take a gas can and throw it at the wall. Oh yeah. Or, uh, bring you know, a barrel over a barrel. from somewhere else yeah. in the level. Uh, so it's a little bit more thought than would go into a FPS secret in one of those older games, I think. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, Yes. So uh, talking about our favorite levels and stuff, I really love any level that's as dense as that um, that uh, flooded one or the other city one that's earlier on in Chapter 2 or uh, Episode 2. Any one that just has a big mm-hmm. area that you kind of... Uh, it's a, like a big knot that you untangle. You kind of find, find different keys to get you into different places, and you're like, okay, I got red. Now I can go back to the three red doors I passed trying to find the red key. Uh, and it's really cool just to have one, to not kind of progress linearly through a zone like you would in a normal first-person shooter level, right. to just have this huge area that you can explore and then just have more enemies come in as you hit certain flags and stuff. Uh, it's a neat approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I really want to shout out uh, the level right before City of Shadows, which we talked about already, is called Fire and Ice. Now, that one, it starts out in, like, lava caverns, like, kind of a standard uh, video game level, but not really for a first-person shooter. Um, And you're kind of going upward through most of the level, finding keys, uh, shooting people, more great combat encounters that I could possibly list. And then you get to the top, and it's, you emerge from the top of, you've been underground this whole level, and you merge out into a snowy, kind of, like, ruined cathedral scape. And it's not like, mm. it's not super huge. There's like a couple of areas. And once you press some switches, enemies start coming down from the sky. It's not enemies you've ever seen before. These are like floating, toothed, like Lovecraftian, like polygon creatures 
that have uh, that have fast, uh, powerful projectiles. Yeah, and there the are blue, a lot of blue them. skeletony dudes. I love yeah. those guys. Uh, they're called Great, really bone monks. Bone monks. <laughs> so sixteen of them descend from the sky. But it felt like they were infinite at the time. I was like, yeah. "Holy shit! What am I supposed to do about this?" That encounter was so great. And again, at the end of an already great level, the level had ended five minutes earlier. I would still be talking about it right now because it's so good. Like it's, yeah. it's just one of those things like, uh, this, this game's, uh, like this game, this game is so full of um, incredible, uh, moments that like, I, I, it's hard, hard for me to pick. Um, yeah. One last I, thing um, before we get into our ratings, I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have a favorite weapon in this game? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I, I'm a huge sucker for a super shotgun in any game, and I think it's it feels great good. in this game. Um, I For, like, creativity, I really like the crossbow. I think it's mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of depth to it as a weapon because it can shoot through walls and other enemies. So there's a couple times where they'll set up, like, a whole row of cultists. And if you have, like, one crossbow, you can instantly kill a whole mm-hmm. line of them, uh, which they, is They really, really kind of beat it into you, but I, I appreciate that because... yeah. Um, something this this game does that uh, I think a lot of schools of game design would consider hack, but not the people who made Doom because they didn't go to any school of game design. Like it was, they, they will put text on the screen, not necessarily telling you what to do, but telling you like what's going on, mm-hmm. or or like it's like the developer is talking to you, like they're there over your shoulder, going, "You should do this." Like, um, hey, you just picked up a crossbow. You would probably like to know that the crossbow has piercing shots and it can go through walls. And then it's like a bunch of enemies with like cage stuff around them. So you can shoot them through that wall and like all there's all this other stuff going on and, or like Um, a bunch of enemies come down and it's like, uh, see if you can make it through this or something like that. Like they, it's (laughs) taunting you. It's definitely like, I feel like the people who are made, who made the game are right there with me the entire time, but in a good way, like in in a, in a look at what I made thing. I want you, I don't, I want to make sure you don't miss anything cool. Even though they completely allow you to miss lots of cool things because there are so many secrets, and I didn't find any of the secret levels, and there's so much cool stuff in this game. <laughs> the, it's hard um, to talk about it. The first two and the first two episodes are mm-hmm. fine. They're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. The one in episode three is called the Ratacombs, and it's a bunch <laughs> of rat enemies. It's good. It's worth checking out. Um, one more thing to mention uh, before we close out and do our ratings. Um, one of the things that really surprised me about this game, and I didn't really notice until like sort of the end game stuff when they start wrapping this back in is that this game has an insane enemy variety, but they kind oh, of yeah. theme it to the area. So you're like, you're fighting a lot of cultists at the beginning and then you kind of fight soldiers and scientists. Uh, and then you get into some of the more Lovecraftian behemoth, uh, crazy mm-hmm. skull dudes, but you get the then, bone monks they, and you get the, um, the, the Wendigos. Yeah. Uh, but then the game kind of just, opens the floodgates at uh, kind of at a certain point or you know they'll throw back in soldiers or they'll throw back in the cultists or the scarecrows i think this is another Uh, time where we got to bring up uh episode three mission three city of shadows because that one has i think every enemy up until that point is in it oh wait hold on i I found i actually found a list uh 26 mages one possessed rat seven priests one windigo uh (laughs) one no seven windigo one duke uh, three mages, one cart dog, eleven bone monks, uh, and one chomper. Like it's it's like <laughs> what uh, the only one that I can't think of that's in there is the 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 one I was talking about earlier. The um the mama, uh, yeah. like fucking lady with the the rockets. 
Yeah, and they—I mean—the pacing of this game is so good across all three episodes. I think it it really does a great job of kind of rolling out these new enemies slowly. Each each new enemy is like kind of an event, and then not only is it in play after that, you can forget it's in play, and then it's like, oh no, there's one of those uh, fucking ladies in the hat that zaps me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing. I I think we'll probably get into really it. really good. Yeah. Let's I'm get into our fun. patented Halloween ratings. Alex, thank you so much for introducing me to this. And I would like to say that I did email um, Dave Szymanski trying to get uh, him on for an interview segment for this. But then I checked earlier today and he said, ah, I'm, uh, I took a much needed uh, vacation, which I think just means he didn't answer any emails for a week. Fair and enough. So I just picked, I just, I think I might've picked a bad time, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we we really like the product. I think I'm going to add him on Twitter when this episode comes out. Like this this Absolutely. this game is really good. Yeah, he's, We're happy to he's have played a, it. He's a great Twitter follow, both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they do a lot of great shouting out of other smaller projects that are kind 100%. of similar. That's I wish also, had a lot of cool uh, <laughs> cool shooters because uh, yeah. because of these guys. Mm-hmm. There's uh, always um, one of the ones I would like to say that is not uh, coming out yet, but the. Uh, uh, main dev on it worked on Dusk is uh, Gloomwood, which is kind mm-hmm. of a spiritual successor to Thief. And that game that's is right. going to be coming out uh, sometime soon. Soon yes, TM, that's and that's fine. Uh, very much looking wh- forward to that. When it's done, I will be looking for. I'm looking forward to playing it. That sounds really awesome. Um, but this game, oh my god, this game. Let's talk about some pumpkins, because I think Absolutely. this is this has got to be a, a three or four pumpkin. No, yeah. no Halloween, but it is so fall you can feel it. It's mm-hmm. all horror movies. It's all fall in the when you're outside in the normal world before everything gets all fucked up. Uh, it's yeah, all fall. There's a corn there's maze in like yeah. the second level. You're, there's a corn <laughs> maze. There's leaves everywhere. They talk about the harvest. It's all like, it's when you go into this kind of area around Halloween. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this has got to be three or four pumpkins easily. Absolutely. Um, Screams. Uh, I scream when after defeating a, a, a boss that's on the easier side, two more pop out of hidden walls. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is two screams from me. I scream anytime I hear that Wendigo scare chord. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Plenty um, of screams. This, this game does atmosphere in a way that a lot of first, it's, especially this fast-paced first-person shooters just don't do mm-hmm. or don't even try to do. And... Um, um, and uh, they even have the, uh, <laughs> they even tell you at the beginning on the fake boot up screen that they put in the game, even though they don't need to do that, uh, they have headphones recommended. And I would agree. This game mm-hmm. is a lot more fun with headphones on. I've done it with speakers and headphones. It's, it really will suck you right into it in the way that a good game does. Absolutely. Um, uh, but I blood. Oh my God! Holy shit! This is uh this may, might be our, our bloodiest entry ever. Uh, plenty of blood. Plenty of blood. Buckets plenty of, of blood. Uh, plenty of polygon blood for you. There's uh, like a an industrialized like meat thresher that's like yeah. uh, mass song. producing sacrifices for uh, these like dark gods of the cult, and it's you're like inside it you're inside the machine that's chewing up all the flesh into the blood and it's the bloodiest mm-hmm. level i think i've ever played it's all blood yeah and it takes a lot plenty of influence from the game gibbs. Blood. so this <laughs> is a um, this is a uh, probably 14 15 thousand gallons of blood i'd say absolutely i'm putting um, a whole bucket full <laughs> and then uh and then we've got bats uh and i gotta say this is about 30 bats for me this is this is absolutely incredible a lot of rats a lot of rats 
This is 30 bats for me. This is the, right. I think this is the There's 30 There's dark caves. Game. There must be some bats in this case. <laughs> Uh, Alex, thank you so much for uh, bringing this forward. And I am yeah, definitely going to go back and finish Dusk. And if you're looking for something uh, slightly unconventional to try out for your Halloween uh, Halloween night plays, uh, I have a silly tradition that I think Alex is going to get in on this year. Of I try to beat a game in one night on Halloween night. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to go back through this um, on Halloween or on that weekend uh, mm-hmm. and try and beat it all the way through because uh, I, I it seems like it seems like it this is probably the third time i've played it so i probably could just blast through it all in an evening mm-hmm. so i'm excited yeah um, yeah um thanks my, for talking about this with no me. problem this i had a great time if you listeners we've got plenty of other terror episodes out there go check them out if this is your first time listening to us we usually do we do a normal show please don't listen to this your life depends on it where every week we try something different and um uh, all through the month of october we've been doing october themed things we've been doing halloween themed things and uh I hope you have enjoyed all of those. We've still got a couple more coming out. Um, if you would like to vote on a bad thing that we do instead of this very good thing that we do, you can go to our Patreon at Please Don't Cast, uh, at patreon.com slash Please Don't Cast, and you can vote every month on uh, the, the bad thing we do, the hazardous materials, the show that is made possible thanks to our Patreon donors. And if you'd like to be one of them, if you want to throw us a couple bucks, we're going to shout you out on the show. We are going to uh, be slaves to your whims. We have a wrestling episode coming up that is uh, was asked for by a patron. And uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Alex. Uh, yeah. We hope you have enjoyed this ritual of blood, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.